special edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network today. I've been wanting to do this one for a really long time, and I'm super excited to bring Iowa State Offensive Coordinator Tom Manning onto the podcast. I talk with him about what's it like being a play caller, right? Like everybody thinks you're an idiot when you're a play caller. It doesn't matter where you're at, what level, like what all goes into this. Then looking ahead to the Iowa State offense as well, in 2023 with a completely different look compared to you know camp going into last season this is a fascinating interview i think you all are going to love it first i want to thank our sponsor centurion stone of iowa i hired centurion stone of iowa this winter to put in a stone fireplace in my house it completely changed the look of my entire house really you walk in it does not look like the same living room and super affordable. It got done basically in one day. Uh, really great service. Check them out at Centurion Stone of Iowa today. You can look at their products. Uh, you can go to their Ankeny showroom as well. Uh, that's what I did. Took my wife in there. She picked out exactly what she wanted. But go to centurionstoneofiowa.com and, and take a look. But they, it, it, really great. I actually had a um, one of our listeners reach out to me. And, and they got it, got their fireplace done at Centurion Stone of Iowa. They don't just do fireplaces, they do outdoor work, all kinds of different projects, anything stone they can do. I, I know the owners personally, uh, great people, good friends of mine. Uh, if I had a bigger outdoors, uh, I would be all about the um, you know stone patio with the bar, uh, something I've always kind of dreamed of. Uh, that'll be in my next, that'll be in my next house for sure. Uh, Great supporters of what we do here at CycloneFanatic.com and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. All right, let's start today's podcast with Iowa State Offensive Coordinator Tom Manning. You're one of the guys I've, I've wanted to get on here for a while. I think you're a really interesting dude, and I think, there, I think there's some layers to peel back of the onion here with Tom Manning. Do you agree? I, I don't know, man. You know, I, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, okay, real so when... Tom Manning, you you have a rare like afternoon at home. Wife and kids are gone. Like, what are you gonna do? You gonna like Campbell will like flip on. Like, he'll like read a book, or he'll watch some WWE from like the Attitude Era. What's your what makes you tick? You know, there's that, that's actually like believe it or not, that's actually a really hard question because there's not many situations that 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 either you know we got a ton of free time or that I'm not with my family. You know, so I hear you. Um, you know, I, I mean, I like, I like to, to play golf. Um, I'm not very good, but you know, the little bit of time that we do get to play of the year that, you know, it's something that I enjoy, you know, um, you know, I like working out and all those kind of things, but you know, it sounds, it will sound kind of probably cheesy and cliche, but like downtime for me, I do enjoy, um, I enjoy watching football, uh, you know, the video of some things maybe that you don't really get to study because you're so concerned and focused on things that you're doing and, you know, the intricacies of your own team. So I I really do. I enjoy, you know, breaking videotape down of uh, more so of other offenses and just trying to learn and grow and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, man, you know, we don't have too many of those opportunities. So, yeah. um, you know, not, not too much, you know, I'm pretty simple in that terms. It's interesting. Most of you guys give that, give a similar answer. Just, I think it just goes to show that to be in your profession, you just kind of live it. Like it's a, it's just a way of life. It's, it is your passion, right? I mean, like, 
if you love what yeah. you do, then it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, you know, and and and, and uh, to me, it, it, it isn't. You know, I think it's. I'm always careful. Like, you know, it is still my profession and my job. It's not who I am. And there's certainly a lot of things I like doing, a lot of interests and things like that. I was, you know, I was a history major in school, and you know, there's certainly things in there that I'm that I'm interested in and spend time doing, but. Um, you know, for the most part though, I mean, we just spend time with your family, you know, and, and, uh, usually when you get time alone, it's really a good time just to relax, you know, to be in a, be all honest with you. Like my, probably my, the real answer should be, I take a nap, you know, <laughs> I don't get many opportunities to do that, but that, that seems like a pretty good idea. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a history buff too. I've you, generally this time of year, I pick a topic and I kind of like dive all into it. I did Kennedy, sure. the Kennedy assassination one year. Yeah. Um, I did the life of Jesus, like the man one year, like, and it was just fascinating. You get outside sure. the religious part. Last year I did the American Indian Wars, which I thought oh, wow. yeah. was really like crazy horse and like all those guys. What, what are you, yeah. what, if you could, if you could pick like a month long and you're just going to dive into some sort of history, what would that be? Oh, I'm still, still the JFK stuff is fascinating to me. Um, the Vietnam era is, yeah. has always been really interesting to me and just, you know, just the, and on top of what was going on from a actual political standpoint and then kind of all the, you know, the music and the whole deal. And yeah, uh, yeah I used to like the, you know, the colonial history and those kind of things, but world war two, I think everybody's interested in, you know, such a note. yeah, I think everybody's interested in that. I got to get you a Kimmel wrote a paper a senior year on the JFK assassination. So really, yeah, I got to Yeah, I did that. Yeah. He did that. And so when it comes to JFK real quick, um, one shooter, like were the communists involved, like where do you have a theory on this or is it all garbage? Like I have, I have no opinion. <laughs> that's a, that's a good, well, I mean, I feel like we're kind of past the point of, like, I don't think you're going to get too much flack on it, but I, yeah, I, 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 think, I just have no opinion. There, I, there's just whatever, whatever we say is the truth. Isn't the truth. So see, thank you. I, I, I think one shooter, I think he was put up to it by the Russians. That's where I, that's where I kind of leave it. But anyways, all right. What about your uh, wife and kids? Like you guys going on a vacation? What, what do you guys like to do in general? Yeah. I mean, I think for, for us getting away is always a, like an important thing here, you know, just, uh, um, we get out of Florida quite a bit. Uh, my, my wife's one, one of those that, that loves Disney, I think maybe more than the kids do. Oh, okay. Um, so that she spends some time to do, doing that thing. And, um, you know, but yeah, spending time together doing that stuff. You know, my daughter's really active in uh, gymnastics, you know, right here on campus. It's a really, really cool program to watch that. Coach uh, Savage Gymnastics here that, that, that our coach runs, uh, which is a really interesting deal. And, you know, my son's a little bit younger, so he's he's out of his mind. So he's, uh, you know, he does that stuff too. But we're not quite at the age where the athletics totally takes over every weekend and things yet. So we still try to, you know, get away when we have the opportunity to get away. How old are the kids right now? Seven and four. Okay. So we're almost identical. I'm at seven and three. So I I get it. Yeah. It's a, it's actually really fun. It's, it's kind of the perfect like way apart for them because the seven-year-old kind of acts like she's, 14 
Exactly right. And yeah. Our seven year olds a little bit more like uh, 25. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And yeah. then the young one still like wants to be young and everything. And it's, it's good for, it's good for dad mode. All right. Um, let's dive into, so I always, I, I'm sure you've gotten this before, but I, I'm, I'm not a, I don't ever claim to be like a football genius. I, I just love the game. I love like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a play caller on Madden. That was my thing. I was like, I wanted to mess with the defense, right? Like doing all that stuff. When the AI on the video game started to get like really smart, that was when it per- peaked me up because I could see him creeping up and, all right, it's time to do some play action. Like I'm really into that stuff. When did you become like, hey, I want to be a play caller. I want to do this. When did, did that, did you want to do that when you were a kid? Like did it just happen or what? No, um, I think for me, I just, I always wanted, I knew I wanted to coach in some capacity and um, I just didn't know really at to what level that I wanted to do it. Um, and, you know, for, for me, it was, I think when you look, when I reflect back, I guess, uh, in terms of outside of, you know, my father and grandfather and, you know, a couple uncles, you know, you, you don't, uh, you think about the other influential males that, you know, that are in your life and the people that probably have had the most impact on you. Um, and they're all coaches for me. So, Hmm. you know, I, I've always really enjoyed sports and athletics, but particularly football was one that growing up for me, I just, I really, really enjoyed and I enjoyed all parts of it, you know, um, from practice to being in a locker room and all those kind of things. So, those those co- I had a great high school football coach, um, you know. And then I went on to Mount Union, and and you know I had Coach Karras, uh, legendary coach, and and then you know I had Coach Campbell as well. And those I just had great relationships with those people. So I knew I wanted to coach football, whether you know I started in high school football and coached kind of all the levels of football, Division three football, and coached high school, and you know coached uh I've had, I've had pretty much every job in terms of uh division one football and then i've had an opportunity to coach in the, the national football league and I, it, it probably really didn't set into really probably once i had enough confidence and and felt like man i've really um have spent some time in terms of coaching the offensive line for a long period of time where mm-hmm. i felt like i started to get a grasp on terms of man, what is really going on um and what does it take to, to call plays that it really started to, to kind of incite my interest. And I think, you know, really for me, I think coach Campbell did a great job in terms of it's really easy to get locked uh, into the box of coaching offensive line. That's a, it's a unique world. And, um, you know, they, they call it the cool clinic. You know, the, 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 the big thing there is the mushroom that you do everything in the dark. And there's almost like in the O-line world, it's kind of like a secret society. And a lot of guys that coach O-line, they just want to coach O-line and get out of their way and stay away from them. And, you know, I kind of never really gravitated towards that. I was a little bit more interested in the other, you know, parts of it. And Coach Campbell really did a great job um, providing me the opportunities of, hey, here's why we're doing this. Here's you know, here's the structure of this and encourage me to kind of think as a play caller when I didn't do that, um, you know, for, for a number of years. And, and, you know, I was also with, with him and Jason Candle, who I think I was really fortunate that they let me kind of step out of the, 
the traditional realm of just coaching the offensive line and having a little bit more insight in, you know, game planning and things like that from, from an early age. So I, I never had the vision of doing it, I think, until I really started to get my hands and, you know, really involved in like, okay, this is something that I, I could see myself doing and then, you know, then having the opportunity to do it. So when you're, when you're calling plays and you're, you're sitting up in the press box and like how much of it is anticipating what the defense is going to do versus doing what we want to do. If that makes sense, because it's kind of like a chess match, right? No, it's a, that's a, it's a, that's a really uh, great way to, to, to boil it down to the simplest form. And, um, it's a really hard question, honestly, because in, in every game um, and, and also within every game and every situation, uh, that's not a that's not a black and white answer, and that is probably a continuum that moves uh, both ways. There's obviously there's always things that you would like to do um, that maybe you want to do, and in the simplest form, I think you have to find even within a game, you have to find the the sweet spot, so to speak, of um, what coverages, uh, fronts, techniques, alignments, um, and matchups uh, allow you to have the ability to still dictate what you would like to do, but within the framework of having the ability to beat the things that you're seeing and to take advantage of the things you're seeing. So I don't know if it's a, I mean, in a perfect world, you do whatever you, man, you do whatever you like to do. Um, That about never happens, you know, unless all your players are better than all of their players. uh, And there's still parameters that you probably would have to live in uh, just in terms of what coverages you're seeing. But, you know, for the most part, you have to find, you have to find the tipping points uh, of, hey, here's what we want to do. Here's how we want to do it. Here's how we want to get the football distributed. Um, and then, it's, man, what are the things that can take that thing away? And you have to kind of peel back the things that you don't, that you aren't able to do. And then you have to try to find a way to highlight and maybe find some ways to disguise the things that you would like to do. Mm-hmm. How much, like when you go into a game, do you, do much scripting like oh we're gonna this is the first series based off of film or do you go off of how, how does that work yeah I, I think that's a um that that is a a game by game uh situation and thing um you know i think like a lot of other people we 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 like to start with an opening script right yeah, yeah. and um I've been, you know, 15 plays is about like the the highest number you'll ever really get. And there's been games where we've been able to 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 go through uh, that almost in sequence, uh, which is that's pretty much, uh, you know, that, that's pretty crazy to, to, to be able to do that. Um, there's been games where uh, first play of the game, you know, uh, Texas this last year. Uh, man, we felt like we were really excited about the openers and then we get the football early in the football game into a, an area that's very specific into what they do. And man, those openers, they're, they're not any good. So you're all of a sudden you're in the red zone script and, yeah. or, you know, call sheet and you're doing things a little bit different. So, you know, I think typically, um, you know, we like to have an idea of how we see that thing being played out. Um, 
But within that, man, the situations change so rapidly that, man, you could be in second and long really quickly and things change. So, but I think somewhere you would like to stick in terms of a general script somehow, some way, because those are the plays that you've dictated in your mind and your coaching staff's mind that, hey, these are the things that are going to give us an advantage early in the game. Or maybe there's things that we're trying to at least get an opportunity to see what their alignment, uh, what their coverage check might be. And so there's there's certainly a game, uh, a little bit of cat and mouse that could be an element in there. But for the most part, um, man, you, if you the, the more you're able to stick to it, sometimes you, you feel really good. But there's also been times where you're like, man, this this script isn't any good. I ain't playing like they're not doing any of the things that you think that they're going to do. And yeah. um, man, they've really dramatically changed their defense. So you have to change quickly. Um, and then I think, you know, in between series, certainly you would like to get, you, you, you love to get the ideas and the things that you want to hit next. Um, and then you have to find the blend of where, where those things will work in accordance to what's going on situationally in the football game. And, you know, I think the key is you're always trying to find the way to win the game, um, whatever it may be. There's a lot of factors that go into, you know, what do you feel like is a successful offensive possession? And there's times where, man, we have to end the series by kicking the football one way or another. Um, you know, those things factor into it. So there's there's certainly a lot of different situations there. Um, there's a lot of people that do. They stick on a script that that's what we're doing early in the football game. And I think just the nature maybe of how we have always functioned, uh, even historically with Coach Campbell, uh, back at Toledo, you know, I think that there's, we use it as a, as a strong guide, but uh, we certainly don't feel that we are limited to or restricted by. How much of it when uh, we always see the quarterback on the phone with the offensive coordinator during the break, how, how much um, emphasis do you put on like feedback from the field versus what you're seeing from a bird's eye view? Yeah. Uh, a fair amount. I, I think most of the time for us, um, what you're doing when you're getting information from the field, particularly players, um, first of all, you got to know who you're talking to. Some guys just tell you like, hey, I'm open. You're like, well, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> They're going to tell you that no matter what, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But I think for the most part, you know, myself and Coach Gordon have been up in the press box for a long time together. I think the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you're confirming um, – what the player is saying is that you, you're, you're confirming what you really already know because we have the ability typically to see it a little bit better than than what you do at, at field level. So you want to confirm the things that you're seeing. Um, primarily with quarterbacks, I think the first thing that you want to always do is, you know, hey, why did, tell me why you did X, Y, and Z. Why did you decide to go here? It gives you a great um, – it gives you a great feel for one, how are they feeling in the game? Uh, maybe they're a little bit jittery, you know, man, maybe they're just really feeling it and like, Hey, yeah, I saw him here. So I did this boom, boom, boom. Or I decided that it was this coverage. And you really want to just confirm that, Hey, listen, like, Hey, here's what it actually was on the third play. It was da 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 da, and man, we want to make sure that you saw that, and make sure, and you want to kind of give them those reminders of, hey, don't we got to use our coverage indicator, whatever that may be, and you know, I think Coach Gordon does a phenomenal job speaking to the quarterback directly after a series and letting him know the things that, you know, hey, don't forget about this, and gives you the reminders. 
when I talk to the quarterback during the game, you know, I think, uh, you know, my job is to one, make sure that he knows the things that my thoughts that are, what are coming up next. Um, and, and also get his feedback in terms of, Hey, what do you feel really comfortable with right now? Um, or like, Hey man, listen, like, I know you got hit, but here's, here's why we met. It won't happen again. We missed this, whatever it may be. And my job is really to try to sure, make sure that he feels comfortable with the things that maybe have already happened in the football game or the things that we feel are coming up and, and maybe a little you know tidbit in terms of reminders from, from, you know, a defensive perspective or from just what's coming up. And um, so there's a little bit, you know, I think you, you, you certainly have to have a feel for, for, from a quarterback standpoint, you get a lot of information by just letting him talk and, and getting a feel for what they like, don't like, why they did things. And then, you know, I think there's always certainly uh, great information that comes back down or comes up from the field. Uh, those guys talking, the players talking to the coaches, them doing really the same process of either confirming that, you know, and really they're trying to figure out the why. So when that comes back up, hey, okay, that may guide us into, hey, we are better off to run a play that's a gap wider because they're playing a different technique, whatever that may be. Um, and then there's some players that that historically, like, they got a great feel for the entire game plan and they can tell you, hey, here's how the guys cover me and here's what we got to do. You know, I think Xavier Hutchinson's has always done a great job, you know, and even in games, he'll tell you how, Hey, I can block this guy all day. You can do this or, you know, and Charlie and Chase were great examples of like, Hey, here's what the coverage was. Here's what they're doing, man. I feel really good. Don't. And Charlie was notorious for, Hey, don't forget about, a play that would typically go to him. He'd love to tell me that, you know, yeah. it's really good in that coverage. Like, yeah, I know, you know, so uh, it's a little bit of everything that goes in there. And then, you know, and then in between the series, trying to figure out what's, what's next. So I, I would guess, so I'm an, I'm an NASCAR fan and I like to listen to the crew chief talk with the driver. And I would guess that the relationship between you and the quarterbacks a little bit like that where you develop, do you develop chemistry over time? And with that, like, is that a new challenge with, with a new quarterback, considering how long Brock's been here? I'd be lying to you if I told you I know what goes on in NASCAR. <laughs> it's uh, all good. I'm, drive, I'm out on my own in a circle. Yeah. Yeah, they're driving a circle fast. That's all I really know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, he, obviously he's going to get a lot of credit when things go really, really well. And, um, and it's like the head football coach. And, and quite frankly, it's really like what happens when you call the, when you call the plays, like they're, they're going to have people that think it's good. And you're going to have people that think it's bad. And uh, the difference is, is those guys are typically 18 to 22 years old. And there's a lot of things going on. And I think the more that one, you can be around and have a real relationship with the player, um, because you do have an understanding of what they're going through. And then, man, there's all of these things, there's all these things going on. They got to go out there and perform. Uh, so having a relationship with those guys, being letting those guys be involved in terms of game planning um, and being with them in meetings and really trying to get a good feel. And, and really it's the feedback every day that really helps provide that. So that when you get to game day, you understand how he's communicating to you and what is he really saying? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think the more that you get to know the, the your young man and you can tell what it, what, that, what are the actual emotions that are coming through, you know, the microphone into the, into the earphone. I think that really, you know, provides a lot of, 
really uh, incredible feedback that that uh, it, you wouldn't get if you don't have a great relationship with them. And I think, you know, I've been fortunate, obviously, with Brock. We had we had a tremendous relationship and still do. And um, and Hunter, you know, I think that's the the one nice thing, just in terms of. I you know, have a great relationship with Hunter and, and really have a tremendous amount of respect for, for him as well. And uh, just being around him even through, you know, the last couple of years and then going into spring football, I think that relationship uh, and, and really knowing how he communicates, what makes him tick. I think those things are really, really important going forward because, you know, you're going to get him in the best of the best. And you're also going to get him when he's, he's the worst of the worst. And um, one understanding what they respond to, you know, um, and like I'm, a, I'm not a yeller on game day because I, I, it's really hard to do that. You know, I think when you, you as, as a guy that you have to look at, and I tell you with the quarterbacks all the time, like you, 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 it's a team thing, and it, there it is. It is really about hey, we have to find a solution right now, and the only way to do that is if there's a mutual respect and that they feel like hey, man, I can tell this guy the truth and not just what I I know I'm supposed to say. Here's why I messed it up, and that I'm not going to get another you know crazy reaction because that that makes the game even more challenging. One question I've had for play callers for a while. One of the cliches that fans use a lot and I've I've used it before back oh they uh they put that in there just to mess with the team that they're playing next week like some formation or something or some play is that does that happen like do you ever do that like oh we got a 17 point lead let's make life more difficult on future opponents um it's really hard to play in that way like here's the the real truth is it's really really hard to win a football game (laughs) yeah and and there's yeah there's so much you know i think from just a weekly perspective and how much what that process takes um that i would be lying to you if i said during the week ever in my career i felt like hey let's have a couple plays that we're going to be able to like because there's only so much time and there's only so many reps that you can get at practice and each one of those reps in practice are very valuable um because you you have to spend that time and dictating how many times do we think we can run this concept based upon the number of reps that we may have and the number of coverages that they may play and a lot of different factors. So it's not like you have free time um, to just like, Hey, we're going to do this now. I mean, I think certainly there are times in a game where if that opportunity ever presents and man, it's awesome. If it does, you know, maybe some things from, from our standpoint formationally that, Hey, this may be really good knowing a little bit and uh you know what's coming forward and, and i think it's it's really hard because you don't you're really not yeah maybe you break a tendency here and there but I, mean, I don't know if we've really had the luxury to think like that too often in the last however many years all right well, let me put it this way so who i think did Brees throw the pass in the oklahoma game last year i think it was Brees. Uh, somebody oklahoma, did. oklahoma or was it xavier year. uh x through one x. In texas okay x yeah this is what i'm thinking yeah. of X is going to throw a pass. When does that get installed versus um, like, is that something we're working on in fall camp or, okay, Texas is coming up. We've seen this in coverage. We think this will work. We're going to put it in on Monday. Like how, how does that work? When does that process start? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some, uh, 
for, for lack of better terms, uh, like trick plays is we're talking about, right? So I, mean, I got a library, I could show you 240 some trick plays from that, that we have a way to call. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you, if that, if the right coverage and right opportunity presents itself and it's the right situation, you know, um, there's probably only a few that you feel like, Hey, at least we have to introduce this thing in fall camp and get this, you know, moving forward. And there's some that you may carry that you didn't have the opportunity to call that, man, you, you got a rep at that practice. Maybe it's not quite ready. And you practice it again and you practice it again. And then, you know, man, this is the week we, this, it lines up and man, we're going to be ready to go and we're about to run it. So um, it's a little bit different. Sometimes it, it is something that you feel like, Hey, there is a very specific coverage to a very specific formation that we feel like we can hit the, this play that we haven't run and we're going to get some good reps of it in practice. And um, you know, for the, the, the play with that Xavier threw, um, we had been kind of repping it for, a couple of weeks and it just really wasn't ready to go. And then the last day in practice, um, be, be honest with you, he threw it about 30 yards over the guy's head. And, uh, <laughs> but it was kind of one of those situations when it was one of those things where we just kind of had a, a good feeling from study of what the coverage was going to be in a very particular situation. And it was hey, like, this is the right call. And, uh, we went back and forth about it for a little while, just in terms of our, like, hey, is this the right thing? And okay, let's try it. We felt like we had enough accumulated reps that we had some earned confidence in the play, even though it didn't work. Maybe the last time in practice that. So I think in a perfect world, that's really how you love those things to work out. Um, when it's something that you feel that you have done its due diligence and you've gotten, you know, a couple weeks of really good work of it for a specialty play like that. Um, and then there's, there's some here and there and in, 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 in all honesty, you feel like just like anything, the more that you practice something, you, you feel like your percentages are going to, to increase. Interesting. All right. Um, this year's team is fascinating. It it's so different than last year because we, I knew, I knew every two deep member of the two deep off the top of my head going into last year, this year, it's like, Oh, okay. Where the, where's this guy from? Right. It's, it's just totally different. Uh, it's exciting. I think, I, I think it's fun. Um, let's start with your quarterback though. I mean, the, I feel like mentally Brock and Hunter are pretty similar because Hunter learned from Brock so much, but stylistically, it's a pretty different quarterback. Like how, how do you, um, Matt always talks about players formation plays, right? Uh, that's the thing he said for, for years. Like, how do you go into this year? I guess compared to last year, do you start with a smaller playbook and and grow because it's younger guys? Is it the same type of stuff? Like give me your mindset heading into, well, we got fall camp here in about a month and a half. Yeah. um, Yeah. There's, I I think probably a little bit to to try to give you as much background, like um, in terms of, Campbell's philosophy of players formations plays, right? Um, it's really, it's kind of the way that we did it at, at the college that we went to with a, a legendary football coach. And in order to do that, the, the, you alluded to it, there's every year. And I think that's, what's really fun about college football is that it's a lot like coaching high school football in, in the sense of, and, and I think, you know, the, some of the greatest coaches that I've ever been around were high school football coaches 
the difference being is they are the, not only do they get a different team and different players every year, but they also can't pick them. And then, so the only difference between us is that we have a little bit of uh, leeway in terms of man, maybe who we who we can go out and get. So in order to to have the philosophy, you know, I think the biggest ones for us, obviously, it's players' formations and plays. And then there's obviously a big all the portion portion of it is not only is how do you try to win each game individually, but also uh, how do you feel that the general philosophy of the offense has to fit into in terms of what the strengths and defenses of your defense um, or their strengths and weaknesses, uh, as well as our special teams. Uh, so that's the big picture of it. And I think our philosophy really comes from Coach Karras. In order to play uh, in the sense of players' formation plays, which, which simply means we want to find who our best players are, um, we want to find also their best attributes, and uh, we want to then get in formations that will help dictate the plays that, that we would like to run and obviously the opportunity to try to get those guys the football as much as we possibly can. Um, with that being said, in order to do that, you have to have a, a, a philosophy in terms of a institutional structure that you have the the big every topping for the pizza. And so I think that's one thing that we've always tried to instill. And I think that Coach Campbell was really encouraged is the the if you take a very systematic approach and say, well, we're this style of offense um, at some point whether it's in a year or it's halfway through the season, what happens when that isn't the right thing in terms of who your players are, or it's not the right thing in terms of man, maybe the philosophy to win this game at this particular week. So we try to think of it and, and it's really what comes from coach Karras is man, however we got to win and whatever we have to do, we'd like to say, okay, man, like we have at least there's some, we have more toppings of, Right. There's a little bit more quantity of this this week, mm -hmm. um, but we'd like to have a little bit of everything so we have the ability so we don't pigeonhole ourselves into, well, we can't do that because we don't have the play. We don't know how to coach the play. Um, I mean, we don't have the ability to get in these formations. So we'd like to think of ourselves as being very flexible and fluid in terms of what we would do from a year to year process and also from a week to week process. And then it's about finding the right things for the right guys. So in, in terms of what you, you know, your question about the playbook, um, man, Hunter's got, a, he's, he has a lot of accumulated reps in, in our system um, for lack of a better term of how do we call things and what are the reads for the quarterback and now, man, may, are some of those things, maybe they're different, maybe they're the same. You know, there's probably a lot of different elements based upon who we kind of feel comes out as these are the strong, stronger points of our team. Um, but I don't feel like a, uh, there has to be a, a, you know, a limiting in what you do in terms of the, there's a young quarterback. Uh, he's a young quarterback in terms of maybe uh, experience compared to an older player. Uh, but and the experience really comes down to situational awareness without coaches on the field um, and making multiple decisions in a single game. In terms of football reps, he has a ton of football reps. Uh, he's been doing it for a really, really long time. So um, I think he would, certainly from our end, there's, you have to kind of take it step by step and see exactly where you're at 
Uh, but it's really hard to answer and say, hey, here's here's what here's what exactly you're going to do right now. How big of a deal was it with losing the tight ends right to graduation? How big of a deal was it for you when X decided to come back for that year with the breaking in the quarterback? And I mean, it just seemed like a massive, massive gain. Yeah, I, I think even like taking away from the 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 play and oh man, and just having to replace him, um, having him back to me when he like it, it, for me it was I was really excited because I really love the kid. He's a tremendous young man. He's got he instant energy, brings a lot of juice to the to the football program. He's a tremendous leader great work ethic just the character of the kid coming back um is was really exciting to me and then i think it you know you, you're also kind of just excited that like whew, okay all right so we got xavier back that's good you know and then you kind of start to see okay man like yeah we lost a lot of people but we also have a lot of people and there's a lot of young players in our in our football program that are you're really excited to to see them get their opportunity and to see how some of those races will shake out but yeah i, I mean i was really really excited about it um and i was really excited that he made what he felt was the best decision for him you know and, and i think that was the the part for me um, just having a great relationship with him and really having a tremendous amount of respect for him. I was excited that he was at great peace with what he decided to do. I, I think Jairo Brock's an awesome story. There's just not a lot of guys who'd still be here in, in today's world of college football. And now he gets his chance. I mean, what, what, what can you say about him as a, as a guy and what, what do you expect from him this fall? Yeah. Uh, Jairo, um, Jairo's tough. You know, and I think that's um, for him, you know, I think in the nature of what goes on in college football today, uh, Jarrell has a ton of character. Um, he's a tremendous young man. And I'll be honest with you, I, I never, him leaving was never something that really factored into my mind because of just knowing him. Um, he's always worked tremendously hard. I think he is, uh, and I think he would tell you the same thing. He is worked really hard um, from day one, but I think he's also worked really hard on just his overall, you know, uh, maturation process. Um, and I mean, that, it's really hard. I mean, I think w w what he's gone through um, it's, it is competitive sports. It, it is, it is real life in a lot of ways. And for him to, you know, really come here and, and he's played a lot of meaningful snaps. I think that kind of gets lost a little bit. You yeah, know, he, he really has, he's played a lot of meaningful snaps, but it's also really hard to have someone in the same age, um, you know, get the ball to play and uh, do what he's done. And, and one, uh, Jarrell is a great teammate, but he also is a great friend to, 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 to Brees. You know, I think that was first, and he's always been a guy that really helps out with the young guys. It's fairly, really important to him. So I'm really excited for him uh, to get great opportunity. And, you know, I think Jarrell right now has really proven the same thing. I think that we felt the whole the whole time is that he's a trustworthy young man, and, and he's going to do everything that he can in his power to to be the best he can be. But I mean, Jarrell's a team guy, and I think that's what's really neat about him. And, you know, uh, man, he's had some – Really towards, you know, last year he had some, some big plays for us. And really towards the end of the year, you really felt like he was catching his stride and, and, you know, making some big runs and doing things that we certainly know he's capable of. The uh, Clemson game, 
we didn't score a ton of points, but man, I came away from that game really encouraged. I that was one of the most encouraging games of the year for me last year, just with the amount of guys out, the amount of young guys who played, not only played but physically, Iowa State stacked up to Clemson, right? Like this wasn't a mismatch, and. I especially about your offensive line. You finally had some guys back, right? Who were who were hurt. I I came away really encouraged, coach. And I know it's a it's a different team this year. But did you what did you take from that and just the bull lead up last year? Because I know it was different with guys going pro and that many seniors. Yeah, you know I think. Um, I mean, I'm still pissed because we lost. Um, <laughs> and. You know, I think when you go back and you look at, at that game, there was uh, there's a lot of factors that, that went into that football game. And um, we, we, we obviously didn't score as many points. We missed a few opportunities. But I think f- for us, the encouraging points, I think, as we left the football game, uh, just from an offensive perspective, is, you know, we really tried to – uh, we really followed, we felt like we followed the plan uh, of our team and what we had to do to win the game. A very, very good defense. Um, we had to play a different style in terms of huddling and trying to slow the football game down a little bit. And there was a lot of things we did there that were successful. And, um, you know, we, we, we there's a lot of factors in that game that we Man, we even came out a little better than we thought we could have. And, you know, it came down, we weren't able to make a couple plays when we had an opportunity to. And, you know, it is what it is uh, at, at this point. But I do, I think for us, the takeaway there in, in that game was um, the biggest thing I think you kind of alluded to is there are some young guys that played in that football game, whether out of necessity or um, that man, probably even surprised themselves a little bit in terms of um, how they played physically in the game. And and also, you know, Tyler Miller came in the football game mm-hmm. and played really, really well. Um, you know, took him a series to settle down, and, man, like he, he did a phenomenal job in that football game. And there was – it's not like he played against a stationary defense that didn't do much without – I mean, and there were some really good players on the defensive line. So – Man, that's a really encouraging thing, I think, probably for for his confidence and growth going forward and certainly for, for our team. You know, Jirel came in and did a great job. Daniel Jackson had to play some meaningful snaps in the football game. And, you know, Jalen Newell had to take a bigger step and, and be a little bit more of a focal point, you know, because X was limited in what he could do. And uh, so I, I think certainly, you know, where opportunity knocks, you know, I think some guys certainly took advantage of that. And, and, uh, you know, we moved Trevor inside and I think that made him feel really good about what was going on there. And, you know, same thing with, with Hufford and those kind of things. So there, there was certainly uh, a lot of positive from there. Uh, it's, it feels like it was ages ago. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you said something in a positive light. Cause I, I mean, you made me actually think of the positives, you know, I, until right now, I didn't really think of too many of them. I honestly, like with the guys out, I, to be honest with you, I thought you guys were going to get it handed to you in that game. And but I, you got to realize, Tom, I've been around since 2003. So I've seen Iowa state in these games where it's just a physical mismatch and it wasn't. And I was like, Oh man, we're going to have all these twos out there. This is going to be one of those physical, a little bit like Notre Dame, right? We kind of felt sure. that way after that game. And it just wasn't. I mean, Iowa State just got beat by a good team. That was how I yeah. felt. It, it wasn't like, oh, we do not belong on the field with these guys. It felt different to me. 
Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, I think there's certainly has been tremendous growth within our football program um, over the last couple of years and, and certainly excited about what's coming up, you know, in the future. So last thing um, going into fall camp, I know we got, we got a ways, but for your, what's, what's your number one like message for the offense for, for you guys to excel, come out of the gate strong with a bunch of new guys. Like what, what's the big macro focal point you'll be preaching to the team? Yeah. um, I think that there's, there's, there's obviously from a scheme and schematic standpoint or just the way that the game goes, I think always we're going to preach upon, getting better at taking care of the football. I, you know, we all know that, but I, I think the biggest thing for a young team, like a young offense that is extremely excited, um, they're all fired up. There, a lot of these guys are having the opportunity to really show what they can do for the first time. And I think it's really important for these guys to understand that there is a process. And, and really to me, it's about, um, taking a day by day approach in terms of toughness. And we define it as, and I learned this from 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 Coach Reich at the Colts. It's a relentless pursuit to get better every day with an obsession to finish. And I think all of the excitement that you have and all of the want to and all of those things, it's really easy in fall camp to get really excited about, hey, we're doing these, we're doing this play, this, we got this coming up and all of these things. But really for the longevity of a season, particularly um with a young team, it's really not about what's coming next. It's about your daily performance, your daily habits. And that is to me, what, what we, we think is toughness, you know, toughness isn't going to a bar and getting in a bar fight. Toughness is man. Do you have the ability to, I want to pursue excellence every day and I have an obsession to finish. I want to get better every single day and have an obsession to finish. And I think the good teams that we've been along um, that we've been around and for a number of years, the majority of the team thinks in that model um, and they take that approach. So with a young team, that's the most important thing is what are we doing today? How do I, whatever I do today, that's, that was today. Um, how do I, use the rest of my day to get myself prepared for what's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, last week was last week. And that that's, I think with a young football team, if you can stay in message there, I think a lot of the things kind of fall in place. So we're excited about, you know, uh, we're excited about fall camp and all those things, but right now that's, to be honest with you, that's not even in our vision. Um, we're trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And, and it, that's not coach speak either. Yeah. Like legitimately, we're trying to make sure that we're using our, our building blocks and trying to make sure we're doing the right thing today, which if we can just continue to do that, you, you, you know, you roll the ball out and see what happens. And, um, you know, I, I think we all do know that our guys will, uh, will play really, really hard. And, and, you know, hopefully we have our, our ability to, to reach our full potential when it matters the most. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I've been getting everybody's. Are you a Browns fan too? Like, are you? Absolutely. The, you're you're in that cult as well. Absolutely. Okay. 
yeah. I thought so. I like the Colts too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I didn't know how like that works because if you like, because if you go into the NFL, does it like suck away that fandom? Like, how to, yeah. a little bit. You know, I, I tend to just cheer for guys to play either players I know or coaches that I know at this point. You know, guys you have relationships with and things like that. So. Yeah. Well, you guys are making it hard on me. I've always had to do this with basketball, but I do a thing where I try and buy the Iowa State guys jerseys and frame them. And hang them up in my basement, right there. NFL That's and cool. NBA yeah. stuff. I, it's getting expensive though. Sure, I never you get them to send them to you. Come on, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, I never That's really had to trip. worry about football in the past. It was just kind yeah. of a basketball thing, and now we got guys everywhere. So it's a good problem. It's a good problem to have. That's good. All right, thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. Well, thank you, man. Have a good one. That was great. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Tom Manning, the Iowa State offensive coordinator giving us a look into play calling the 2023 Iowa State offense. Talk some Hunter Deckers, Jirel Brock, all sorts of good stuff within that interview. Really appreciate him giving us the time. We don't get that inside look at Coach Manning very often, and uh, that that's big time of him to hang out with me and uh, basically give you guys an inside look at Iowa State football here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I want to thank our sponsor for tonight's podcast, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Check them out today at centurionstoneofiowa.com. Uh, we've got an X-Pod coming up this week. Xavier Hutchinson uh, will be interviewing his teammate in the wide receiver room, Jalen Knoll. That'll be great. Can't wait to hear that. Uh, got a lot more as well. Please rate, subscribe, review. Tell your friends about us. Uh, have a great rest of your week.